What a matchup. And what a team, Mike. MetroPCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to MetroPCS and an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. MetroPCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on MetroPCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. Wonderful Tuesday afternoon. I'm glad that the audience is on cue today. I don't have to fire the producer. Um, We are here for another exciting episode of Conversations with Ken Cheatham. And I am here with your business superhero, Ken Cheatham. I think that is uh, the introduction that fits it all. Here's Ken with a big S on his chest. Yeah, I'm going to modify my resume again uh, with this one. I like it. Uh, Unrealistic, but I like it. Anyway, I see you in your usual good spirits, Miss Michelle. How are things going? Oh, things are going really well, really well. And uh, I'm glad to be having these conversations. You know, we shifted our schedule, and so we talk every other week instead of every week. And I, I think, Ken, I'm missing the weekly interaction, so I'm overly enthusiastic when. Well, you can call me anytime. I'll talk to talk, talk, sales to you any time of the day or night. Whenever you need a fix for that, I'll take care of it. No problem. <laughs> okay, okay. Just wait till you get my we invoice. Have been. <laughs> oh, the superstar has arrived. Uh, I am I'm really excited about this series, and for those of you who are, who are listening and would like to join the conversation, you can call us at 914-803-4503, because we have been having a great series of conversations about the sales cycle or the circle of influence, as um, Ken has referred to them at different times in both ways, and learning a lot. And I, I appreciate those of you who are listening and sharing the broadcast with other people who are interested. We are growing. Uh, we have talked about, and if you are interested in reviewing some of those previous conversations, please follow uh, the Bold Movers Network on Blog Talk Radio, and you'll never miss a show. We started talking about the sales process, and we've had discussions around um, prospecting, building rapport, the presentations, and we've had some some extended conversations about that. And so today we find ourselves um, at the place where we talk about closing with Ken Cheatham. And that is the area where we um, mention people tend to get into trouble, particularly if you are a new business owner 
and are just coming to grips with the fact that you are in sales. If you're in business, you're in sales. So we have these conversations every week with Ken Cheatham, um, well, every couple of weeks, and we help you to develop your presentation, your sales skills, and we hope that it's helping. So we'd love to hear you if you want to call in. Ken loves working with people and their sales problems. Um, give us a call at 914-803-4503. And, of course, the link is available so that you can listen online. So how are you, Ken? How was your holiday? I had a great, easy weekend, just cooling out, taking care of things. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't invade anybody's barbecue. But had a great time just relaxing and enjoying the sunshine for a change. Had a lot of rain around here the last few weeks. But uh, a beautiful weekend and got a lot of rest, and it's all good. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah, it is good to see the sun. We even had sun here in Chicago. Beautiful um, last couple of days. So, yeah, it's that time of year. But it's not the time of year to slack off for those of you who are listening in your processes for your business. So, Ken, help us today with the whole issue of closing the sale. How do we yeah, know when we've gotten to that part? Well, if you've been following our conversations previously, we've been focusing again on the sales cycle, or what they call a cycle of persuasion, which gives you kind of a roadmap as a salesperson. And as Michelle has repeated and I repeat, if you're in business, you're in sales. If you own a business, nobody's going to sell you know, what your product or service is except you, unless you hire a salesman. And if you do that, you want to make sure that you get somebody that is following the same kinds of principles that we're describing here because it's key to your success in sales that you know where you are at any time in the sales process and that you know what you should be saying to your customer or your potential customer at any moment along the line. And this is what this cycle of persuasion does. It gives you a roadmap to, to follow that will take you from finding your potential customers, uh, building rapport with them, and getting on the a good, sound basis for exchanging information. And having done that in your presentation, then you get to the point where we refer to closing, which is nothing more than getting the customer to agree to take an action step toward buying your product or taking the action step of buying your product. And then you follow up with uh, the things that should happen after you've gotten You've completed that successful cycle. You deliver on your products to the customer. You deliver on your promises to the customer. So uh, we've been reviewing the steps involved in this process, and we talked about prospecting. We talked about finding customers that need what you have to sell and not trying to sell to anybody else. We talked about the presentation that you need to put together once you've got a customer who's interested in what what we're talking about, A, a methodical thorough, easy way to have a conversation with a customer, a presentation with a customer, such that you have the best chance of getting a successful outcome. But, uh, and that part of it follows the sales presentation step, which we talked about in our last program. So we want to talk about closing. Now, closing is the most important thing that you have to do as a salesperson in the sales process. Uh, you, can talk all day, you can talk all day about your product or your service, 
and what, how good it is and how many people benefit from it and all that. But if you don't take the step of asking the customer for the order to uh, agreeing to purchase what you're offering, then that all that happened up, up to that point is kind of wasted time because you have to know when to close and how to close with a particular customer. It's not one fixed way of doing things. It depends on who the customer is. It depends on what your status is with that customer, what the person that you're talking to, what the authority they have to make a purchase. And all of this is things that you need to be, be prepared for. When you reach the step of closing on the sale, then you can know exactly what things you should be saying to the customer, what questions you should be asking, and how to kind of read the customer's body language to find out if things are going right and which uh, or if things are going wrong. And all of that is involved with questions that you would ask at that stage of the process. And we're going to go over a few of those, but I want to encourage you again, get the book, get the books that describe this, that describe this, this process and educate yourself on how to handle each of these steps and get the detailed information and such that you can be making the best effort, best use of your time and energy when you're talking to the customer such that you get the outcome that you're looking for. So we talk about closing, and closing is a matter uh, – there, there are a number of ways to, do clo to, to close on a sale, and, again, it's going to be up to you to figure out which is the best way to go about it. And uh, But if you follow the steps that we've been talking about in the Cycle of Persuasion book that is written by Tom Hopkins and Ben Catt, then you know, you will know, and by your own experience as you learn to do this more often, you will know what st questions to ask and what statements to make, when to be talking to the customer, and when to be quiet when to be waiting for an answer and allowing the customer to make, the, make a statement. One of the difficulties that most salesmen have is when they get to the closing st stage, they never stop talking. And they, they don't even realize that they're at a point of being able to, where, where you should be asking the customer to make a commitment or to place an order. And so if you don't know these the steps of this cycle, then you're going to very likely miss that opportunity which is the best time to ask the customer for an order. So, again, you want to get this, these books, one of these books that covers the sales process, and learn and practice how to do this correctly. You should know at every step with every customer where you are in that conversation, where you are in that process. And it's going to be different with each customer, but as a professional salesperson following these guidelines, you will know what you should be saying and more important, what you should not be saying at the point of closing. Uh, the book describes situations where you might, you've finished your presentation, you've invited the customers to ask any questions that they have, uh, any additional questions that they have that you haven't covered or to be clarified on some details of what you've presented to them. And when, you've, when you're thoroughly clear that you've answered all their questions, then the next step is to, in one way or another, ask them for the order. And then when you ask that question, you just go silent and wait for the customer to respond. Sometimes the customer will not say anything. Sometimes they are looking around. Or, but you should 
allow them the time to ask, uh, answer your question about closing. And again, the book that, we've heard, that we refer to here gives excellent coaching on exactly how to do that. And uh, depending on what the answer is, you may or may not have a sale. You may have a customer that says no. And there are things that you should be prepared to do and say at that point so that you maintain the rapport with the customer and you can proceed accordingly. Uh, if they're saying no, you're going to have the opportunity to find out why, what's missing, uh, what needs to be done, what more can I, can you offer them at, at that point. And uh, you'll know how to handle that situation. And this is where, again, a lot of salespeople break down. They don't realize when they've got to the closing step because they haven't prepared this in any way that involves a, an outline of specific things that you should be doing in, in, in the sales cycle. So if you've trained yourself or you're following the guidelines that teach you how to do this type of selling by this method, then you will know what to say and what not to say and how to react and uh, just be professional in every step that you take at that point. Okay. I like something that you said. You said, if you have trained yourself how to do this professionally, and one of the reasons we started doing these broadcasts is because so many new business owners think of sales as just that that thing that somebody does to get a product. But what we are learning and have learned if we've been following these broadcasts is that there is a professionalism about the way you should train yourself to be effective at this. And so that is what those previous broadcasts are about. If you go back and you listen to them, you'll see the beginning of the, you know, the prospecting and all of that. So this is what Ken is talking about when he says, if you've trained yourself to do this professionally. Um, so we talked about the language. Um, we we want to say a little bit about the language of it, or I want to ask about it. You said that once you are sure you have thoroughly explained your product or services, um, you should ask for the sale, and then you should be quiet. Um, exactly. And then there's that, awkward, yeah, there's that awkward silence, though. Some of us um, tend to try to fill silences with, more language, but what I'm hearing is that we shouldn't do that. No, that's a fatal mistake that a lot of customers, salespeople make when they're at that stage. They ask, they may, most of the time they don't even ask the question, but if you do get to that point, you ask for the order, uh, ask the customer one way or another for a commitment to buy, then if the customer doesn't say anything, they start talking again, and they start going back oh. over things that they've already said or some other things, uh, uh, two, um, uh, let me just back up and say it this way. They're just not prepared for that yeah. awkward silence that occurs at that, at that place. And uh, if you start talking and you don't have the, wait till the customer gives you a, a, a direct answer to that question, then you're out of control. You don't have a handle on that sales situation anymore. And unless you know how to, the other steps we will, which we'll cover in later episodes here, there is a way to go back and recover from that moment where you left it open and nobody said anything and everybody was awkward and you're assuming that the customer doesn't want. Uh, you should never be making assumptions about anything. If you're in the right mm -hmm. mood of rapport with the customer, then you can ask them 
the right questions at any time, including the point at which you've uh, offered or asked them to close, asked them for, for, for their order. Again, the book that we – are you there? Yes, me. Are we still here? Hello? Yeah. Yes? Yes, I'm here. Oh, yes. okay. I heard it. I'm uh, here. Click on this phone. Uh, okay. But if you're clear on how you – Handling yourself and the process, the sales process, you're going to know at every point where you are and what needs to be said at that point. And this is the value of learning how to sell professionally. You're never in a space where you don't know what's happening or you don't know what to say or you're stuck somewhere. There's a specific kind of conversation you should be having with the customer at the closing stage. And if the answer is no, not right now, then you want to find out more about what what's missing or what else needs to be offered or covered, and uh, ask those questions and get clarifications from the customer as to what where where they are. And if they, if, it, if the ultimate question is no, we're not going to uh, take the step, uh, then you will know what to say and how to handle that situation because we talked earlier about the 80-20 rule, which says that all of your business is going to come from 20% of the people that you contact. 80% of the people, in one way or another, are not going to be your customers. They're going to say no or some verb that means some word that means the same thing. So you're not going to close every sale, and you should be prepared to follow the procedures that happen when a customer says no. And Again, if you've asked the right questions, if you've got a full understanding of why the customer is saying no, then you can respond to that in appropriate ways. Uh, and if the answer is ultimately no, no thanks, we can't handle it, we're not going to do it, then fine. You're, you're leaving that situation as a professional salesperson that's still going to be maintaining rapport with the customer and saying, uh, inviting that customer to review with you later on when whatever the situation they're facing changes or if the possibility is there for a yes answer at a later time. And ultimately you can ask for referrals from that customer so that they can refer you to people they know who might have an interest or might have a, receive a benefit from what you're selling. So at every stage you're handling yourself professionally. You're not winging it. You're not trying to get over on somebody. You're not going to create an argument of a situation where, you know, because you're Plaintively, customer uh, complaining to the customer that, well, I put in all this time and now you're just telling me no, uh, or anything like that. Because the sales situation is not about you. The whole premise of this discussion that we've been having has been on the point of making the distinction of being there to serve the customer's needs. Uh, so it's you have needs in that circumstance that are pressing on you as a salesperson, that's not something that should come up at any, any time with it in your conversation with the customer. You don't talk about how much you need to get this order or it would be a favor to me if I could sell this to you right now or any of that kind of stuff that's non, it's not professional and it's, gonna, it's counterproductive. If you come to the customer with a set of your needs, they're not going to want to talk to you. And if any time in a conversation with the customer that your needs show up as, a, as something to talk about, you've blown it. 
And you don't want to get into that situation where you're there trying to get the customer to buy something because you need a sale. So wow. you, you, you want to maintain your integrity at all times, and that includes not putting yourself in the position of needing something from the customer. That's not, well, that's not why they all invited you in. That's not why they're listening to your conversation up to that point. It's because they have, you, have, you may have something that solves a problem that they have. And a potential customer, that's what they're interested in. Uh, so never be in a, in a position of expressing some sort of neediness to your, your customer. They don't want to hear that any more than you would want to hear it if somebody was sitting in front of you talking about something they didn't want to sell. When, they find, when you find out that that person is only interested in what they need, you're going to walk away. And that's, that's what uh, customer, salespeople who fail, uh, in one way or another, that's what they've done. They've gotten into conversations that don't relate to the customer's need, and you've shown the customer that you're not really interested in solving their problem. All you want is an opportunity to get, get a sale. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just said something that that I, I think bears repeating. Can you say that again about salespeople fail because they get in a conversation that is not about the customer's needs? Yeah, if you're talking, if you find yourself talking to the customer in a way that suggests, or even comes close to suggesting that you need something from that potential customer, and that's why you're here, and... Uh, if, if you're gonna, if you don't get what you're asking for, then there's a problem that you have that uh, you're asking the customer to solve. That is not why you should be talking to. If you're talking to anybody like that, you're not selling. You're accomplishing the opposite of selling, and you're cre- expanding the reputation that salespeople have. This image that people people have about salespersons that all they want to do is get you to buy something whether you need it or not. And uh, that should not come up in your presentation or conversation with a customer. You want to stand out as a... a All right. Well, I was hoping this wouldn't be one of those technical difficulties, but just like in any other business, we have them sometimes. So we've lost Ken. He'll be back in a minute. But I want to just revisit what he said. He said, and I just put on um, Facebook, that salespeople fail when they are having a conversation that's not about the customer's needs. And I know many times as business owners, if as we're, we're getting accustomed to the process of selling, that is not something I naturally did when I first started in this. And so we may start thinking about what's at stake if we don't get this sale or what needs to happen or why something is going wrong, but the professional aspect of selling, as, as Ken just told us, is always focusing on the customer's needs. So if we get into a conversation that is more about how badly we need this sale or how badly our business to go, or we get into a place of commiserating about being business a business owner and the challenges of it, we've kind of stepped out of the professionalism that is needed to effectively sell our product or service. Remember, we are not there um, to get a sympathy sale, 
to hustle somebody out of something, and I don't know about you, but I have encountered the the salesperson with a hustle. I'm always turned off. I always feel like I'm, I'm getting taken advantage of because we're talking so much about what it is that they do, that they have, that they need, that they have stopped telling me how their product or service meets my needs, but now they are hustling me for a commission. And there is a difference. Yes, there is a difference. We would love to have you join this conversation. If you are listening, you can call us at 914-803-4503 and press 1 to come into the studio. That is 914-803-4503. And so while we're waiting for Ken to come back, I'm just going to take a little break and tell you about what is happening on the Bold Movers Network in Bold and Savvy magazine um, and in the world of bold moving in general. Of course, you can always go to our website at www.boldmovenow.com to find out more information. But we are so looking forward to seeing you at the Bold Move event October 20th and 21st at the Doubletree in Alsop, Illinois. You can register now at Eventbrite. You can go to Bold Move Now and register. We're looking forward to, to meeting you and encountering you because we've got work to do as business owners. And these conversations around sales is just one of the ways that our company and the Bold Movers Network are about empowering you to be more effective in what you do in your business. And so we have Ken back now. We're glad um, that you're back. And we were talking about um, having a conversation that's not about the customer's needs and how that destroys your sales efforts. Hi, Ken. I'm back. I don't know at what point I left the conversation, but my phone is quirky that way. Every once in a while it just clicks off. I think the universe is trying to tell me something, but I'm not listening. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Yeah, but that's the the main thing that any salesperson needs to keep in mind at all times, that you're there for the customer's benefit. What you're talking to the customer about is things that benefit that customer or might benefit that customer if they choose to buy it. And when you get to the point where uh, they said, no, I'm not interested or I can't buy it right now, or whatever they tell you that says no, you want to understand a couple of things in that moment. First of all, it's not a failure on your part that you got a no answer. Uh, as we said before, the 80-20 rule suggests that you're going to get rejected eight out of ten times uh, for uh, in terms of your presentation. And that's not a rejection of you. That's just uh, uh, an indication that the timing or something about the product or service is not uh, not available right now, but it might be in, in the future. So you want to leave the door open for a later conversation and you want to ask for referrals. If you've established a kind of relationship with a customer, potential customer, that we suggest in the, uh, the report. Okay. And this is going to be one of those technical difficulty days, but we've been having these conversations, so I think I know what Ken was going to say. He was going to say, if you have done the work of establishing the rapport with the customer, and they are one of those eight out of ten people who says, no, we don't want what you have to sell at this time or right now, 
See, Ken, this is really getting good. I'm finishing your sentences. All right. (laughs) You were saying that my best um, student that my bed that's what I want to be. Um, but you were telling us about the being rejected eight out of ten times and how even though they may say no, you can ask for a referral. Tell us what that's about. That's right. You're going to ask the customer to advise you of anybody they know who might have a need for your product or service. And, if, again, if you built the right atmosphere with that customer, that's going to be an easy conversation with them because they're talking to you as somebody that has laid the groundwork to understand that you're not just trying to sell something, but you're trying to – help potential customers solve a problem or meet a need that they have. And so you're much more likely to get uh, a referral f- uh, from that customer, that potential customer, than uh, from any other process. So you want to ask for referrals, ask them to give you the information, and ask them if, they, if they're if okay with your mentioning them as the person that referred you. That is a much better f- foot in the door and potential introduction to a customer than just having a conversation with with no fur, no previous context, talking to somebody that's a complete stranger. If you can say, well, Mrs. Jones recommended, uh, suggested that you might be interested in my product, uh, that's going to open a door for you much quicker than you showing up as somebody that uh, is essentially a stranger. So you ask for referrals, and uh, you ask for the kind of information that tells you whether there's a possibility for a future uh, discussion on the same product uh, for another, at another time with that same customer. And then you make a commitment and get a, an okay from that customer to call you, to call them at a, an, a more appropriate time. And so you've walked away when that situation has ended, you walked away with a potential source of information through uh, this one person that might lead to successful sales in another situation. So by all means, you're there to initially sell the product or service, but having that opportunity go away, you can still ask for referrals and information from the customer, and uh, that may open some doors for you at other in other locations. So uh, again, when the buyer says no, there may be a lot of reasons for that, but Generally speaking, your your 20% of your business is going to come from 80% of the people that you contact. So you don't fret over the fact that you didn't close the sale at that in that particular instance. You want to move on and have that show up as an experience that informs you about how to handle yourself with the next customer or the one after that, somebody that might have a similar situation. So. Uh, you maintain your professional atmosphere, uh, attitude, and concern for the customer as you close that conversation. And again, you can ask if there's a, uh, an opportunity for you to come back to them at another time. And if that answer is no, then that's okay too. That's the way it works. And you don't want to. The customer is mm-hmm. actually doing you a favor in that moment by telling you that you 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 would be wasting your time coming to me uh, later on. Uh, so. Ooh. And the one thing that you have as a salesperson, the most, uh, the most valuable product that you have is your time. And if you spent your time talking correctly to customers and giving effective presentations showing that you're offering, them, offering something that they need. 
still there? Okay. You know what? I yeah, I I am here and I am listening because you just framed how to take a no, how to hear a no and not internalize it and and make it about how lousy you are. Because when I first started this, whenever somebody said no, I'm thinking, okay, what did I do wrong? But if we have done the steps that you have been outlining, you know, establishing rapport, prospecting, making sure that the people that you are talking with genuinely want what you have to sell, then by the time you come to the sales presentation, the no shouldn't be about you. It really is, again, about the customer's needs. It's not something we need at this time. And in the book, when the buyer says no, they talk about it. But there's one set of objections, Ken, that I would like to ask you about. When Mm -hmm. the customer says, I really like what you're selling, but I can't afford it. It's too high. Um, and sometimes as new business owners, our our mindset is, well, then drop the price. Is that something we should or should not do? No, changing your price at that point without further conversation or information is is a fatal step that many, that many salespeople make. Because if you just lower your price at the first time the customer says, I, I, can't, I can't afford it, it's too high, and you you just say okay well how about if we drop 10 10% or 20% what you've told that customer in in that instant is that you have been attempting to overcharge them for something that they that uh that, that you're talking about your price should reflect the value of the object or service to the customer and if the customer says it's too high your first question might be compared to what and then ask the, ask the, try to get an answer to that question because what they may be comparing you to is something that's cheaper because it's missing something that you're offering. So you want to have a conversation with that customer, but you don't want to just arbitrarily drop your price in that moment because what you're telling the customer is that you were asking for too, too much for that product or service in the first place. So many buyers, hmm. uh, if you're talking about commercial situations, and many uh, experienced non-salespeople, non-business people, will automatically ask you to drop your price because they don't want to pay as, as much as you're asking them to pay. And if you just drop the price at that moment, then you're probably not going to get that sale anyway because they're going to wonder if you're still holding out some excessive margin that you're asking for. And uh, Wow. I heard the beep again, so I guess I'm still connected. Nope, we're still here. Yeah, okay. we're still here. So the answer to your question but, is no, you don't drop mm-hmm. your price at that moment. It's an opportunity to have a, con- a further conversation with the customer and to look at the offering that you made and find a way to, if, if the price is really a concern for the customer, find out, uh, look for other ways that you can deliver that product, perhaps with a, some bells and whistles removed or some aspect of it that is taken out, or uh, mm-hmm. you can talk to them about how it's delivered or how it's, uh, the, the germane aspects of that product that may offer uh, an opportunity for a price adjustment. And uh, But you do not drop your price at the first request that the customer makes because if they're experienced buyers, they're going to know that they can probably ask that question whether they're 
really interested or not, or whether there's still a chance that they might, might place the order. So you don't give it up at that first suggestion. You want to find out why they're asking for this price, what information, and particularly what are they comparing your product they're offering to. It might be something ah. that is cheaper, but it's missing something. And if you can show the customer how you can either bring your offering down to match that other offering uh, by taking out something that you know is, is an aspect of your product that the customer would, can live without, then you can offer them the product with that limitation. But you need to know what are they comparing your product or service to. And uh, from there you can, and again, all of this is covered in the book that we keep referring to here. It talks mm -hmm. about how you handle price and, uh, uh, objections and how you handle other kinds of injections where, objections where the customer is asking you to basically lower your price. And you can make, come up with an arrangement that uh, satisfies both sides of that conversation where you can provide what you're offering at a, at a lower price by removing some aspect of it or, you know, take the power steering away from the car, whatever it is, and uh, mm -hmm. they can, if, if you can live with that and the customer can live with that, then you solve their problem and uh, maintain the value that you're offering. Wow. Uh, we are here. Um, our number is 914-803-4503. If you'd like to listen in, you can join the conversation um, if you're on the line by pressing 1, and that lets us know you want to talk to us, you have a question or comment for Ken. And uh, we've got a little bit more than seven minutes left to this conversation, but it has been a great one. This um, knee-jerk reaction, though, uh, of not automatically lowering your price because you want to get the sale, um, because somebody said it's too high, I, I think that, for me as a business owner, helps me to calm down and keep gathering information because that that response, oh, well, I think that's too high. Your response of, your suggested response of compared to what helps me to keep learning what the customer exactly. needs. What the and it also helps you to understand if you're dealing with a customer who has some integrity or you're dealing with somebody that's just trying to get over on you. This happens a lot in sales situations where the customer, the potential customer is automatically going to ask you to drop your price because I can get it cheaper down the street. And what they, the, the successful salesperson, successful business owner, has an, an understanding of the value of what they're offering. You know what, how valuable this, is, this product is or this service is to the customer that you're talking to because you've gotten that complete picture from them directly as to what they need. And this is why, going back to the prospecting step and the building rapport step, that you're asking the customer, what is it that you need that I can help you with? What, what's the need that needs to be solved here when, uh, what we're going to talk about here? So you know what they need, and if they come back at the end of this process and say it's too high, then you want to find out how they're thinking about that, and you want to ask the question compared to what. Now, there may be different ways to ask that question, but you want to get some clearance as to what it is that has them thinking that your price is too high. Because if you are talking to the customer about something that you deliver, they're saying that you, the suggestion is, it may not be present in their conscious thinking, but 
the suggestion is that you're trying to get over on me, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I have to pr- protect myself, so they automatically ask for a discount. Uh, and there may, again, many ways to solve a problem like that. It depends on the type of business and the type of product that you're offering. And there may be uh, different ways you can deliver that that meet the customer's price needs. If that's the real objection, then, then uh, just simply chopping something off the price of your product. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And so, if you are, um, we do have a few more minutes. Um, our number is 914-803-4503. Um, Ken, we have a question. Uh, so I am going to the caller whose last four digits are 3139. Good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations with Ken Cheatham. Do you have a question or comment? Yes, I do. Uh, I was wondering if uh, he could speak to lowering your price point to generate more sales. Uh, if you don't, if your sales flow is not, if you're not having as many sales as you'd like uh, to lower your price point, could you just speak to that? Well, that's the common response to people in the marketplace. By the way, what's your name, sir? Uh, Patrick. First name? Patrick. Patrick, uh, Patrick it's a very common in business practice to make price adjustments at various times. And uh, what you have... There's, depending on what you're selling, there's a possibility for a price adjustment along the lines of what, what the packages that you're offering. So you want to have that conversation, but it starts with getting a complete understanding of what the customer is comparing your price to. And, uh, and your, what you described sounds like uh, some commercial products that you're selling. Is that right? Actually, it's, uh, I'm speaking in reference to food at this point, uh, to food products. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Patrick, well, um, we have three minutes left. I know, would yes, you be willing to? Would you be willing to call back and, in one of our upcoming shows, like next week, and give us a little bit more details about that? Absolutely. Yeah, well, we okay. welcome that, and uh, we look for, looking forward to that discussion, so... Thank you. Uh, when you're talking about what business, you said you're in a food business. What stages, uh, what part of the food business are you active in? Uh, actually having a uh, cafe. Oh, so this is, uh, you're talking about your clientele that comes to your cafe. That's correct. Okay. Well, uh, again, I would suggest, and we can talk, certainly talk about this in a later conversation if you want to call back. But generally speaking, when you're asking, the customer is asking you to lower your price, you want to ask them what they're comparing it to. Sure. And find out as much information along that line as you can, and then you may find a way to provide what they need uh, at the price that they're talking about. But more important, you'll find out that the customer needs something that you might add to what you're providing, uh, the food items that you're providing, and get the customer the price consideration from that standpoint of, of giving them more of what they need. In other words, you've changed your package price or your item price, uh, not because they just arbitrarily asked you for a lower price, but because you found a way to deliver that product or service in a way that uh, helps both of you in, in terms of lowering your price and 
still maintaining the value that you're offering. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Well, thanks for the call. Oh, Appreciate you're it. welcome. No thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. All righty. No problem. And so this was, and this was great because this whole idea of closing on a sale is dependent on presentation, evaluating customers' needs, and all of those things. So I would encourage anybody who's listening to go back on the Bold Movers Network um, on Blog Talk Radio and all of starting with um, prospecting and building your business. And, yes, Patrick, please call back. Um, maybe Ken will, will come back on with us next week uh, because this issue of sales is not a small one. No, it certainly isn't, and it's important. Uh, hello? Yes, we're here. Okay. I keep getting this yeah. tone in this phone, and sometimes it means I'm cut off, and sometimes it doesn't. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we can talk about this is an important aspect of your business is price the price of the product or service that you offer, how do you, def- how do you arrive at the correct price? And, so, and it can be a very complex issue, and it's something that varies all over the place. So we can talk about that. Oh, great. So maybe we'll come back on next week and talk about sales and pricing and that kind of thing. Um, we are excited, and, of course, we've run completely out of time. So we're going to close by saying, as we always do, that you have been anointed to do something great. Make it your business to go about doing it today. Ken, thanks so much. Thank you, Michelle. I always appreciate these sessions, and uh, believe me, I get as much out of it as as you might or anybody else listening. (laughs) Okay. We'll do a special next week. Talk to you soon, everybody. Have a great week. A matchup. And what a team, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS on an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32 gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. A matchup. And what a team, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS on an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32 gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.